Good evening. A Puritan's Mind brings you the old-time radio program, the Wild Boar News Podcast from sunny South Florida. Welcome. I'm Dr. Matthew McMahon. Evangelists, are they for today? The Reformation and Puritanism were in agreement that evangelists were an office specific to the time of the early church during the apostolic era. They agree that the properties of that office were tied to things that not only included the regular preaching of the word, but also extraordinary gifts that were also tied to that apostolic era now ceased. As Dr. John Owen, a prince among Puritans, rightly says of evangelists, the evangelists we read of had extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit, without which they could not warrantably undertake their office, that there is no need of their continuance from any work applied unto them. Does the contemporary church agree? In Newsmax magazine, the December 2006 issue, beginning on page 54, columnist Dave Eberhardt asked the question, Who is our next great evangelist? As we so hoped that Billy Graham would not only step down, but that his theology would lose its heat as well. No, the devil won't have that. His son, Franklin Graham, is going to take up an iconic center of stage following in the footsteps of his misguided father. The title of the article is, Franklin Graham Takes the Stage. I agree. Franklin Graham is taking the stage. He is not entering the office of an evangelist, nor of the office of a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is, with many iconic religious people, taking up the spotlight on the stage. Who are these others that he will now share in the spotlight? Eberhardt makes a list and comments on religious figures such as Pope Benedict XVI, Jerry Falwell, John Hagee, Jack Hayford, Benny Hinn, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Meyer, Kirk Cameron, Bob Coy, Joel Osteen, Luis Palau, Pat Robertson, Tony Evans, Ted Haggard, and Rick Warren. Need I go on? Graham, the dispensational Arminian who is rescuing Pelagianism from the depth of hell, is rubbing shoulders and borrowing limelight time from heretics of all kinds. Anti-Trinitarians, modalists, charismaniacs, Pelagians, and motivational speakers with New Age advice. And yes, these are the icons of the American church. But in a much somber light, the Bible speaks about deceivers who will come in the last days and deceive many. The people of God during these last days, stretching from the time of the early church even until now, have seen the ebb and flow of demonic doctrines and things taught by devils sweeping into the church, changing her gospel, changing her worship, and changing the very essence of theological doctrine surrounding the being of the one true God, Jesus Christ. No, Franklin Graham is not an evangelist as much as one might say Benny Hinn or Joel Osteen are Christians. Rather, the history of American enlightenment has followed the pleas of one Charles Finney, 
of which much of these people have bought their theology, even without knowing it. The old sawdust trail and the seat of decision turned Charles Finney, an avowed Pelagian, to be deemed one of the great evangelists of the religious community in the 19th century. So that kind of open-air preaching, but preaching of another sort, has labeled such men evangelists. Enter the Bible. The Bible teaches, as Jeremiah 3, 14-17 says, Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Then it shall come to pass, when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made any more. At that time Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered to it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. No more shall they follow the dictates of their evil hearts. End quote. Shepherds, in contrast to false teachers, explain God's mind to the people. They are not interested in the limelight. Let me give you ten chief heresies. One, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament do not bind us Christians. Two, that God never loved one man more than another before the world, and that all the decrees are conditional. Three, that there is no original sin. Four, that the will of man is still free. Five, that the saints may fall totally and finally from grace. Six, that Christ died alike for all. Yea, that his salvific virtue of his death extends to all the reprobates as well as the elect. Yes, to the very devils as well as to men. Seven, that Jesus Christ came into the world not for satisfaction, but for publication. Not to procure for us and to us the love of God, but only to be a glorious publisher of the gospel. Eight, that God is not displeased at all if his children sin. Nine, that the doctrine of repentance is a soul-destroying doctrine. Ten, that the souls of men are not immortal, but mortal. Now, interestingly enough, these could be taken from the sermons of any of those described before in part, if not in full. Be advised. This list was taken from The Nature and Danger of Heresies by Obadiah Sedgwick in the 17th century. Surely there is nothing new under the sun. The Apostolic Church would never have put up with evangelists preaching heresy. Their extraordinary office gave way to the ordinary office of elders and deacons, which now the true Church of Jesus Christ thrives when the true gospel is preached. No, we don't have any more evangelists, and Franklin Graham is not the church's next. Rather, we ought to listen to the God-given elders that preach day in and day out in those churches established by the authority of Jesus Christ as his ambassadors to the world. Graham, Osteen, Warren, Coy, and others can have the limelight. God's people, however, prefer the pulpit. This is Dr. Matthew McMahon signing off. Good night, then, until this same time next week.
This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L3T5. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle was adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important when he says that God had commanded no such thing and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.